Hi, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi, everybody. <clears throat> Hello. Go ahead. So this thing is this thing is going to uh, faint so that it's not burning too much battery power. But I have it plugged. <laughs> Hello, I can hear you. Janet, try now. Okay, I'll hang up. Okay, well, can you hear me now, Ken? Have we been on air? Janet said we weren't on air, but can you hear me, Ken? I hear you loud and clear. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. I sure do. How about that? Well, uh, Ken, have you been able to hear me on the show? Have I been talking to myself? or <laughs> Who's here, area code 216? Can you hear me, area code 216? Yes? No? Okay. Well, Ken, go ahead and introduce yourself. And uh, we'll get the show started. I thought uh, <laughs> it's been going for a while. Can you hear me? Ken? Ken, is that you? Well, this is, this is Ken. Can you hear me now? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're coming in on a 216 number. Is that your wife's? Can you hear me? No. <laughs> I, my screen says I'm on the 7207. Uh, yeah, that's fine. I can hear uh, well, echo. I'm, I'm not sure exactly can you what's hear going me? on. Yeah, yeah now there you can are. Can you hear me, TJ? Okay. Yes. Yeah, for earlier, there was nothing. I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear anybody. So, okay, we're I couldn't, here we are. Same. I couldn't hear anybody either until just now. That's very interesting. Ooh. All right. It's sort of spooky. Well, we're not going to have, uh, apparently, we're not going to have Terry on tonight, but uh, I guess she can come on another night, and that's okay. So we're going to do Allied Command Secret Space Paranormal Researchers. All right, folks, if you've got copy up to this time, thank you for being patient. If you haven't, we apologize, but we'll start. Okay, this time we are CE5 Contactee Experiencers, and this time I have Ken R. Johnston and Janet Carol Lesson. So, Ken, let's go ahead and introduce you and uh, see if we can't get started here. Go ahead, Ken, introduce yourself right. if you don't mind. Well, thank you very much, TJ. Um, those that may have known me or heard of me, uh, I was one of the first four civilian astronauts on the Apollo program and um, in charge of the data and photo control department that uh, kept um, all the information and the pictures around the moon and everything that was sampled and picked up and as well as sending the samples out. Well, I thought I was right on the very, very front edge of everything until the last few years I realized that uh, there was a lot more that we discovered on the moon and on Mars now that was all part of the secret space program that I didn't know about. So since I had all the records and all the documents and everything else, I got dubbed with the title the NASA whistleblower. Well, I didn't ask for that, but uh, if that's what it takes to get the rest of the truth out so we can all get a chance to know where we're at, on the space program and with contact to extraterrestrials, I'm up for the game, and that's why I'm here. Thank you, Ken, for yep. helping us tonight with our Command Secret Space Paranormal Researchers. Janet Carolison, would you please introduce yourself and tell us after that about your Aquarian radio uh, in our syndication? 
Go ahead, Janet, please. Hi. Aloha, everybody. I'm Janet Carolison. I'm coming to you from Maui, Hawaii. And, um, yeah, it's interesting that Ken is talking about the secret space program. Um, the secret military has been in operation, you know, the breakaway civilization for as long as uh, there's been history. <laughs> you know, we've always had this part that is in the know and the other part that uh, the hidden from the, the general society. So I'm uncovering a mystery that I had where I was working for the military on Johnson Atoll. So I had an incident, it's called a My Labs incident. And uh, we're going to be talking about that in our upcoming book that TJ and I are co-authoring called Portal Stargate. And that'll be out probably by fall of 2019. We're working on that. Might be even summer. It just depends on a few factors. But um, I've been an experiencer, lifelong contactee uh, since the crib, probably before. I have memories of making a choice coming down into 3D physicality. And I thought I was crazy for a while, but I encounter many other people that have memories of who they were before. And we often explore that hypnosis, past life memories, concurrent lives on other planets, other dimensions, vibratory frequencies. So that's what I bring to the table is a different perspective. But Ken was in the NASA program, but he's uncovering his involvement in the secret space program. And we're encouraging Teresa J. Morris to come forth with her episodes and encounters she had with ETs and her involvement in the, uh, we call it the secret space program for the lack of any other term, but it's basically what um, Richard Dole's been talking about, the rich, the breakaway civilizations. There's different terms over the last 20, 30 years on what to call this, but it's basically a secret um, system that hasn't been revealed to the general population. But now I think it's a time uh, to get it out, mainly because they're letting it come out. Uh, I think on some level they're hiring us experiencers and whistleblowers and secret space pe- program people to come out and tell the truth because years ago after Roswell they screwed it up and now they don't know how to correct it. So they're letting us correct it. Okay, back to you, TJ. Well, uh, depending on who you are, if you're interested in cosmology uh, we'd like to hear from you and we are forming a group of people that can support each other in their findings of fact and their truth and their experiences and so we welcome anybody out there that would like to feel like they're a paranormal researcher it's a global qualification for people in all countries uh, all around the world uh, the paranormal research it sounds a little more uh, all-encompassing, so that's when we throw in ufologist and alienologist, cryptologist, cryptozoology. Uh, wow, I can't uh, tell you how many people that talk about things like uh, submersibles, uh, USOs, and uh, we've got some people that come in and speak at events around the world. And Janet and Ken have both uh, been at these events. I only been at um, writers' conferences, mainly Mid-South Con, and then, uh, well, I did one here locally, New Horizons, so I've done Mid-South Con in Memphis at the Hilton and New Horizons here at the uh, uh, Navarre Conference Center, and I'd like to have one with Janet and Ken again. I met both of them uh, together, matter of fact, at the same time at the Mobile 
uh, Mars Anomaly Research Society, Mars, M-A-R-S, with Lewis Reinhardt, who sponsored that at the University of Southern Alabama, USA. So uh, Janet and uh, Ken and I got together after uh, that meeting and decided to see if 12 to 13 people wanted to work with us. And some of them, if you're out there on Facebook, are still with us and uh, know who you are in social media. And we decided to keep this going and uh, so Ken is going to be helping us, and so is Janet. Now, uh, Ken, would you like to talk about yourself or how you think we should go about doing all this? We've skipped two years, but what's time anyway? Time, space, and gravity on the planet. Uh, is there anything you'd like to share? I can hear somebody typing. I think it's Janet. Janet, you have such an excellent oh, I'm speaker. Oh, <laughs> I'm correcting the page because I wanted to apologize for Terry. Terry uh, Lynn, uh, Lynn Kyle was postponed today, and she had a medical emergency with a family member, and she uh, apologizes, and we're going to reschedule her. So, yeah, I was just correcting the show page because she's not with us today, but she uh, is so sad not to be here, but, you know, things happen in life. So, um, but go ahead. Have Ken come on and um Tell us, so uh, yeah, answer uh, TJ's question, and then uh, well, we'll go roundtable here, like in a panel. So that'll be good. All right. Go ahead. Well, can you can you actually? Uh, where's I don't know where you want to start, but we've covered some things. But uh, we need to get a linear timeline here. But you you went from NASA when I was down there, and my husband was working at NASA, and you and I established when we met that we would uh, do a book and uh, pick up where William Tompkins left off as far as you and I, and you had his book when I met you. But uh, you want to start with uh, that versus going all the way up to disclosure when you went to – didn't you go to Washington? Were you one of the people at the original disclosures with Stephen Greer? Was that 2001, or do you remember, Ken? Can you hear me, Ken? Ken? All right, can you hear me now? Yeah, I hear you. I, can I just now. had it muted. Yeah, oh, okay. I, uh, I was getting feedback and I was trying to avoid that. So, um, Thank you. here I'm supposed to understand all this high tech stuff, but unfortunately, uh, it's it's been taken over by geeks, and sometimes I don't work very good as a geek. So, yes, back um, back in the day, back in the day of 2000, I guess about 2001, 2002, um, it was uh, Richard Richard Hoagland had gotten a hold of, of me and found out that I had maintained a, a secret archive of um, documents and pictures and uh, evidence and everything else of everything we did during the, uh, the Apollo program. And uh, he's, his position was we need to get you as public as we can because there's been a problem of people that want to keep the secrets and keep it hidden so long and then certain things happen and they disappear and they're no longer with us. And now that I've turned 77 – you know, I'm, I've still got a long way to go. I'm going to go to 180 to start with, so don't don't think 77 is old. So we'll be doing good there. So what we did is we went to um, Washington, D.C., went to the National Press Club, and where we presented um, evidence that there were alien bases uh, on the moon. And now we're talking about, oh, mercy. Um, gosh, how's that? Almost 20 years ago when this happened, we're finding out that w- those bases I was looking at might well have been part of our secret space program because there's there are two different events. Uh, if I can take a little time here, 
on the backside of the moon that we don't see uh, unless we've got satellites going around, which we do, and the big crater called Tsiolkovsky, which is basically 150 miles across. And in the shadow area of the way the moon was at the time, um, there's a cluster of five domes, and these are blended in pretty much into the, uh, the lunar surface in the area where it fit it. Whereas um, the other, one of the other best pictures of uh, bases on the moon are on the front side, close to the edge of where it would be heading around the back, and they're all lined up just like we do in the military. We line up all of our buildings. In this case, there were five domes all lined up and then a road uh, track in between them as well as over and four very huge domes, which were m most likely very large uh, antenna array for communications back with the Earth and, and out into deeper space. So the things that I got involved with, I guess, after uh, putting my time in 14 years at the uh, uh, NASA space program as a contractor, and um, now I'm finding that uh, those things that I was so proud of may not have been the first, the first ones to get there. Yes, I was very, very pleased and, and opportunity to work with all the different astronauts that went to the moon. And, and now here I find myself, I was the youngest kid on the block back then, by the way. I was only 20, 26 years old. And um, so many of these, these heroes of ours that uh, took the rockets to go to the moon on the space program that the whole world was watching, now most of them have passed on. And uh, Buzz Aldrin's one of the few, one of the few that's still left around that I work directly with. So um, if, if uh, Buzz is hearing this, I, no wonder I understand why he got all shook up when he went down to um, this, the South Pole to the, um, the base and stuff that they, they're exploring there, and they had to rush him out and get him back home because it was, who knows why he was all shook up about finding out that stuff that he thought he knew could well not have been everything that was going on. So here we are. We find ourselves here in 2000, 2019, and um, we're, we're at a point of what we're calling full disclosure. And the main thing that I talk about when, when I am invited to go to different programs and things is there are still a lot of people out there that have been involved with the space program, some of them with the secret part of space program, some of them part of the military. And uh, a lot of them have passed away, but a lot of them are still there. And I tell them, you need to come forward because the only real protection you have is the same as like Hoagland told me make you as much of a public person that's come forward and be sure you've got the evidence and documentation to be able to, to prove that what you say is true, the same that I do, then you're safe. Because, uh, you know, they don't want to, t <laughs> they, big capitals, they, whoever it is that is trying to maintain total secrecy, have a ways of, of let's say that we cease to exist and whether it's direct, indirect, or otherwise. I, I don't want to get into that, but I feel a whole lot more safe since I did come forward and made the archive that I created, hundreds of pictures and um, documents and Ken, evidence. Yes, go I ahead. have a question for you. Yeah. Um, so one of the catch-22s about the, when people have involvement in, this, in the secret military or whatever is that it is a secret, and they, the government or the powers that be block the information getting out, and they often – you don't have proof of your involvement in that faction. So, like, for example, our dear friend Andrew Bushago, he has no 
all like physical paycheck proof or anything like that, right? Um, so you have to get your your proof by you know, finding other witnesses that have been in the program. Right. And, right. you know, we like, and they do die all the time. Like William White Crow just passed, Robert O'Dean passed last right. year. You know, the people that are, have the story or, you know, Neil Freer was a, an Anunnaki research. We, we're losing, you know, stitching all these people that have pieces of the puzzle. So we really encourage you from coming out. But what do you recommend to people? Um, how do they get proof? How do they gather? And is it really that essential right now to have absolute proof? I know Robert Lazard couldn't prove that he was in the directory because they go like Orwell, like Orwellian uh, fiction. They, they erase us. They can, they can uh, hairbrush us out, remove our names from the database, and you know we don't even exist anymore. So what would you? Let's talk about that. What can we do to? gather proof okay. or what should we do instead yeah. of that? Go ahead. That's you, Ken. Thanks. Okay, you bet. Um, and, and when we talk about being able to come up with truth, in my case, I had the actual documents uh, from NASA and, and the government on where I was and what was going on, and as well as the pictures and the slides and the videos, all of those things are available. Now, when it gets down to uh, exactly what else was really going on, you know, uh, I've discovered that, um, and thankfully, I was able to be had a, a contact with uh, Dr. Sasha Lesson, who is a, a actually a professional uh, therapist and psychologist, and and um, I guess a psychotherapist. I'm not sure, but uh, in order to go to hypnotic regression and go back, because now I've discovered that in addition, uh, like um, uh, with, with oh geez, now help me out here just a little bit here uh, with. Andrew Bashago, um, his the way he wound up with a lot of his activities being proven is there are several of us that have also been involved in the space uh, programming, going through jump rooms and being able to go there. And going back to my history and my life, I find out even as a very young young child, even at 12 years old and younger, um, where I was actually. And, and I think part of it, I'm, look, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at a picture of my father, who was a captain in the Army Air Corps before it became the Air Force during World War II. And he, he lost his life in World War II. And I've often been wondering whether or not he really did, because that was also at the same time that President Eisenhower made uh, his uh, arrangements with extraterrestrials. And um, I'm we're, we're getting to find out that a lot of us, as we were young, have been tapped because it's part of the family in, in, in reality. So one of the things we discovered through hypnotic regression on me is that um, I was also on Mars at the same time that uh, Andrew Bishago showed up there and William White Crow, and I was uh, piloting what we I call the little hopper, which is uh, allows me, due to the uh, reduced gravity of Mars compared to the Earth, take this little crap and, and basically make an art and go from one location over to another. And uh, they were – the way that we wound up proving each other's events is that people that have come forward that have been parts of this – the um, secret um, – I call it the secret space program. It's not that. Let's call it uh, – at uh, any rate, proof that um, they were actually there, that I actually wound up in, involved in the space program more than I realized that I had. Now it, it's it's kind of hard to – at times to realize, and you go back and look at what was going on in your life 
that where we're now getting information about our bases that are on, I say, our Homo sapiens sapiens have bases on Mars as well as uh, the moon and with a fleet of uh, deep space spacecraft, uh, not flying saucers, but we're talking about uh, craft that are more than a mile or half a mile in, di- in length that is where some of the smaller craft and things can go. So there has been a breakaway civilization going on right under our nose that most of us aren't even aware of until now that it's all starting to come out. And part of that has to do with uh, our direct contact with extraterrestrials. That They've been very patient watching us humans on Earth mature and grow to the point where we can have it. The biggest problem we, we had is, like H.G. Wells did back in 1939, I think it was, did a radio program where they were talking about how a, a flying a spacecraft landed in these aliens, these big giant machines are going around, and they were killing everybody. And onto the radio people, they didn't hear that it was a, a story they were telling, a make-believe story. Some people actually jumped off the top of buildings and committed suicide. They thought that there was a war going on against with aliens. So <clears throat> us humans had to wait until now. You know, if you go in and, and you ask people, do you believe that uh, there are aliens out there? And everybody said, well, of course, we're not the only ones in the universe. So we're at a point where where it was being kept secret for fear that people would panic. We're at a point now that we're at a point saying, no, we're frustrated with the governments. And I say plural all over the world. Governments have kept all the secrets. And, of course, they felt they were doing it for our own good because we weren't ready to handle it. But now, human, uh, Homo sapiens, us human earthlings, um, so many of us have had direct one-on-one experience with extraterrestrials, different varieties, uh, different, I call them species, but different types of, of intelligent beings from other parts of, of the, the universe and galaxies. So we are at a point now where the governments are trying to figure out, okay, how can they come forward, disclose that we have been in contact for the last 40, 50 years. Uh, maybe, actually, if you go back in history, you find out that we've been involved in, in the growth of uh, humans on planet Earth to where we are now advanced far enough in technology as well as in maturing as a species that we're ready to join uh, the rest of the intelligent beings in the universe. So not that there all are. We, you'll find out kind of, those if you followed Star Trek and things and, they sometimes would land on planets where the people were um, not as advanced as, as, they, as we are getting here on planet Earth. But we're at a point now where we're ready to take our own position within the intergalactic um, of sentient beings throughout the universe. And now it's, it's coming forward. And that's why I'm, I'm really excited in being part of what while we're being dubbed as a full disclosure We've had little bits and pieces that have been trial tested throughout the universe and throughout the, throughout the earth and other nations that people can now say, well, yeah, I, I think there's probably, you know, because there's enough people in, uh, going on, a, on, on one of excuse me, a one, a one on one type direct contact with the various different types of species. And uh, yeah, as usual, there's probably some negative beings out there that um, would like to take over things, but, the majority, the, the, the truth will come out. Uh, what was that little saying the guy said? I think it was during um, Harry Potter, and and uh, the, the truth the truth will will prevail. 
let's hope that it does that way. So that's kind of kind of what I see going on right now. So those are people out there that that have had contact, direct contact with extraterrestrials or experiences themselves. Now's the time to come forward because you have protection of the masses, and I say masses because we're not out here by ourselves. There, are so many people have come forward now with their personal experiences that you'll just be joining the clan, and um, and like in ours, we were actually when you're going back and finding out where we were and what happened, then we back up and prove the other person that's come forward and says, well, I was doing this and this in the part of the secret space program. They can say, well, as a matter of fact, you can check the reports, and I have the records on mine to prove where I was, and that helps us get the, the facts and the truth out there for the world. So let's stand by. We're getting the getting the truth out there. Does that sound about right? Uh, I love it. Here. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Uh, let's get people out there <laughs> telling their stories. Um, TJ, are you there? I am. I wanted to can ask you, hear me? you. Yes, I can. No. I wanted to ask you about the Allied Command because uh, we've been talking about the secret space program and calling it different names for all this time. But you were involved in the Allied Command. That was what your faction of the secret space program, for the lack of any other term or way to describe it, was called. Can you tell us about the Allied Command? Okay. Well, I'd like to preface that with we were chosen, and that sounds funny, but I believe uh, even William Tompkins used that word. Uh, Ken, I don't know if you can put your hand on his book but uh, or can see it, but she may could let us know the name of William Tompkins' book because what I'm going to bring up selected about Selected by Alan, Extraterrestrials. It was called Selected, selected. by Extraterrestrials. Right. Selected okay. by Extraterrestrials. Very good book. Very good book. Okay, and Ken and I had talked about doing what we're doing now, and uh, in answer to Janet's question then, selected by extraterrestrials, I would like to suggest that we're all extraterrestrials just visiting this planet, as I said in the beginning of the show, doesn't mean that... uh, well, goodness, I'm sorry about that. I guess you could hear that because uh, it's in the inside of my computer. Uh, but Janet, uh, can you hear me? Uh-oh. Yes, we can hear you. I'm muting oh, okay. so you don't hear. Because I'm taking <laughs> notes while you're talking for the page because I had to redo our show page because Terry's not here. So I'm muting in between. So if there's a little delay, just give me a second. It takes a a second for the uh, button to click. But I do want to okay, so we're talking about the Allied Command. Yes. And the faction and that you were involved with was called the Allied Command, and Robert O'Dean talked about the Allied Command. So we're going back, what, 20, 30 years, and he's verified. This is how the whistleblowers and witnesses have, uh, you know, we, we have uh, proof for each other. This is what we started with. What is proof? So, All right, so tell us about I, that faction. Let me go I can tell you. The command that Robert O'Dean talked about was in the European theater, okay? And uh, as far as I know, he was in in the 60s, and uh, 
to be honest with you, uh, he's a little older than me, and bless his heart, he's passed now. But uh, I, he was in, uh, he made it all the way up to Master Sergeant in the United States Army, and uh, he worked at uh, Supreme Headquarters. And he worked directly for, uh, I don't know how to say uh, the gentleman's last name, but he was the SACUR, and that is for the Supreme Allied Command in Europe, okay? And so working in the European theater, now, from as the planet goes, we're just a blue marble out there, and where I have a mind's eye and a point of origin would be from prior to coming here in 1951, and uh, with the group I work with, apparently as we grow older on the planet, we can look back at our past lives, and they will show you a video, so it really helps. It's just like you say, out-of-body or near-death experiences are crossing over, where you may or may not see a video. Some do, some don't, but I guarantee you, sooner or later, you're going to see this video that's playing in your head or in the crystal of your head, but uh, going back to the beginning with the 50s and the 60s, now, our narrative... Wait a minute, that, I'm going to say, the video, you're saying that, who showed you the video? <laughs> the ET well, showed you a video? Yes, I will show you a video, and uh, I don't want to get into too deep about the soul in coming to the planet, but if they've known you before they were born, and I verified that, if they knew you before you were born, how do they send you to a planet into a container? It's uh, a part that is going to be hard to explain to anyone unless you've died and gone to the other side or been close to death and returned. So there separate with the Allied Command about those that came before are those from the heaven came and uh, how they discovered the planet here and then how we get down here and the Allied Command allowed that to happen at least with me and I had to work at it because uh, Janet and I are doing a book now of how we see coming from birth till we pass over with our loved ones. So to me, it's all the same story, whether you're telling it from uh, ancient history or Sumerian text or uh, when it gets translated correctly into uh, theology or even more so uh, books and religions, whether it's folk life or historical events, how do you really prove that? And now they're learning in the new world that that's exactly the problem because a lot of it's been lost on the planet due to wars or famine or earthquakes or volcanoes or interruption all the way back to Atlantis and Mu. So without me going into my past lives uh, and what I've been shown, I'll start – I like to start – with the narrative that uh, we can prove with Kenneth Arnold in June, June 2027th, over in Washington. And I've been there, and I have been uh, exposed to physical reality in 3D to prove it to myself as far as places. So we start with Kenneth Arnold, and we also talk about the Foo Fighters, and then we move on up. Uh, that's in the uh, 47 to uh, when we established – uh, the Central Intelligence Agency due to the Roswell crashes. And so all of that at that time was controlled in America, and there's there's sightings all over the world. But let's start with Robert O'Dean and the Supreme Headquarters in Europe. And uh, he was in the Army. Yes, please do. Yeah, to do it. Um, because it's one of the things I've been discovering that fits right in with what you're saying is um, with regards to who we are and what we are, I'm I'm actually the third 
child born uh, to my mother, and um, but I was totally different than the the other two boys. Um, my oldest brother Ar, the, the other two have passed on, but um, he was um, he that both of the Ar and Jimmy had dark hair, olive type skin more, and I had blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair fair skin, and it winds up that at, uh, at at the age of three years old, I had a a, 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 I was born with a cyst over my left eye, eyebrow, eye over there. But when I was uh, operated on, they used chloroform as a form of anesthesia instead of um, what they, they use now. And uh, my heart stopped beating, and uh, there was I was actually considered dead for 48, uh, 48 um, seconds or more. And uh, so, but my life and, and who my personality and everything else are, was a lot different than the other two boys. Now, since then, I've been able to discover that uh, uh, a the, the being myself now, and I'm finding out more of what I've, I've done in the past lives, stepped in to take over the shell, if you will, that I was at three years old. So I'm, I'm discovering, I think, um, uh, TJ, we were uh, speaking with a gentleman just recently, and he also had a near-death experience. So, so many of us, Taking a look at our past life experiences may well have had one of these uh, near-death experiences and giving the opportunity for our other selves to be able to step in and continue on with not only just learning uh, more about uh, the existence of intelligence throughout the universe, but then of the life that we may not have been able to complete. So we just had the opportunity. So I, I consider myself as a walk-in. And uh, it's only from getting the facts and the truth. Uh, when when I had a tonsillectomy uh, at the age of five, the doctor said, oh, boy, you, you came the closest to staying dead on me that anyone ever did. And I, I never thought much about that until I got a lot older. And then now meeting uh, other people, such as Martin and the others, and they had near-death experiences as well. And when you compare it to who and what we were before that experience, could well find out that we're a new person. So here I am. Well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, I would think that that was important because we are needing to follow a linear timeline for humans, although I was taught vertical timelines. And this is very interesting because it changes the way we think in our own thinking. We both our left brain and our right brain, and we call it thinking now, knowing more so than we've ever known as far as uh, – education and communicating that in in wisdom but the allied command uh we need to take everything as reincarnates and discarnates as uh, spirits and think of the meaning ghost and things like that but in the paranormal world in the metaphysical world in cosmology as uh the fact that we have all this knowledge and information that is intangible in many ways there's tangible you can physically see feel touch taste smell and those that you cannot so we call in the allied command we're going to do tangible and intangible just like we do products and services in today's culture and reality and that pretty much goes worldwide but we're learning to talk in all languages and at one time we didn't have to talk we had uh, not so much that we needed a tongue, but I would suggest that we are all part of a huge program finding how to make us better containers in the universal whole. And there's a minimum of seven levels 
of the universal whole. So when we, as the Allied Command, began uh, as journalists and writers and our reporters and authors, uh, consultants, researchers, we're looking for an artist. You know, we're looking to talk to each other in cyberspace and communicate. So we'll start with the Allied Command speaking of everything prior to benchmarks in our timeline is the ancient history, but we would like to use the Roswell story as the UFO Association begins everything prior to Roswell as the benchmark. So please mark that on your calendar if anyone's working with us in our ACO club, our ACO Association. And uh, we're, you're welcome to find all that. We have it in the CIA files and the UFO files, uh, meaning a uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation files, those are all open for you. And really, just go look on the Internet, and you'll be surprised at how many of the old documents you can find. Now, how does that affect all of us? Well, we know we're all here as a birth-life-death process. Now, many of us don't – we're pretty much accepted, I would say 70, maybe 80% of us now, that believe uh, in – I guess one might say aliens or extraterrestrials. And at one time in my life, I wanted to separate the two. Now, how we speak is a very important part of this ACO. And the Allied Command, the, the people that I worked with, some were on the planet in containers and some were off planet in containers. Some were humanoid sentient intelligent beings and some were high technology and some would say clones and some would say uh, AI or artificial intelligence that's considered itself alive in the way that it thought, but it wasn't a biological. And you see a lot of this in movies, and a lot of what we know in this reality we can trace by what we've experienced. And even if we've experienced in our imaginations or even in uh, today's time in the cinema or the big screen or with Hollywood, there's many movies. So it and the Allied Command wondered about some of the things I got to talk about with my husband. Now, after Robert O'Dean in the Allied Command, there was my husband, Thomas Ray Morris, was my second person to know about that. I've, I've talked to many through the years, but as an investigator, as an investigative reporter, however, I was usually under uh, – contract or in uniform and I wasn't allowed to talk about it to other people so if you will go back and look at my beginning uh, YouTube under TJ Morris and talking to the Allied Command and uh, you'll learn we're going to have separations of communication levels of information and disinformation and misinformation so we always use levels of three just like we do with our our Minds. We have reptilian, the brain, the monkey brain, and the <laughs> I guess you could say human are the the forefront, the front part of our brain. So, but we use the power of three in a lot of things. In the Allied Command, there were those that had uh, walked the Earth and could go back up in uh, spacecraft, and so that level I always called the Allied Command, and they would talk to the supreme. Allied Command. Now, we have a Supreme Allied Command on the planet. Now, as far as I know, this is a mixture of extraterrestrials and humanoids, meaning like I am. I was born here. I have a body. I have a birth certificate, and I can prove that. And then I did have a DD-214, and I had a uh, 
there's another form in there, and then I have an honorable in my living room, Navy. Uh, but they also told me I would never get out and I would never get the kind that I really wanted with everything on it. And my husband didn't have one with everything on it. And uh, just so you know, in the Allied Command, we worked ter- extraterrestrially off and extraterrestrial on planets. And uh, this is a reality for many people that have access to need to know or was chosen with a need to know to work or to learn how to be a human on the planet. And those that were uh, not, and I can't tell you why some are chosen, like William Tompkins, or selected by extraterrestrials, or Bob, or Robert O'Dean, or Thomas R. Morris, or Janet Carlesson, or Ken R. Johnston, or myself, Teresa J. Morris. I was born Teresa J. Thurmond. However, the knowledge I carry in my head is like these videos that you will see if you, from the time you're born. And then we have all the dash in there between the year you're born and then whatever you create with the dash until the de- the year that you die. And a lot of that you see on headstones, and even that's going away these days. But uh, we know that we have a container. And while the container is here, it depends on – we like to say we come with a clean slate. But in the metaphysical world, the spiritual world, we m- mostly say that when the veil is down – we come here or we go into our, our parents and, you know, and the, you may grow biologically, but it's not until you, like you cut the cord from the original creator body and uh, humanoids. I'm talking about only not AI or clones, but humanoid bodies are born inside a female womb and uh, water and uh, it grows and, and creates what it does. And we could just say by nature, like you do plants and flowers, et cetera, et cetera, depending on how they grow. But once you cut that and you take that first breath in as a baby, then that breath of life from this reality could or could not be your actual breathing in the soul of that body that has a inner spirit or inner soul. And we're working on all of this with humanoids the way we know as a collective consciousness, a critical mass mind to understand that. So when I came here, and that's where Janet's starting with me, is she just wants to get a linear timeline from the time I was born. But now all these papers, I know that I was inducted into the um, government in May 67 and uh, contract. And back in the day when I was in, there was hard copies, even when Ken and I worked around uh, NASA or with people, and they were hard copies, but even those got misplaced. And we always had a medical file and a personnel file. We had civilian and military. Now, in off-planet, not so much. So I learned about computer reality, plasma screens, things like that when I was a child, not knowing what I was learning or that it mattered. And we'll cover that in the book Janet and I are doing. But for the allied command that Janet, I believe, would like to me to talk about is that there is a level off planet. A lot of people have a secret space program or the UFO secret space program or the breakaway civilization. There's many names. Basically, those that come and go in this solar system, then we have the interstellar and we have intergalactic and we actually have interuniversal. So you know, however you want to break it down. And Michio Kaku, I think, likes to break it down. And then we have, like, I put on here CE5, which uh, I met J. Allen Hynek in the early 80s. Uh, I was working 67 to 2017 is my timeline uh, inside uh, 
government paperwork trail. Uh, I got trained in military personnel. I got trained office personnel and management. I got trained in business and information security. I got trained with weapons, without weapons, with needles, without needles, <laughs> how to uh, extract information, how to know information. Basically, I did the standard facts of who, what, when, where, why, how many, and sometimes how much. But uh, we did all that uh, learning, and we did this in space as well. However, my part I learned after uh, being on Earth and that I had abilities was psychologically was to learn ESP, telekinesis, uh, certain things that we can do. Uh, and th I thought everybody had these skills. So this is what we're learning in the Allied Command. But we all didn't know who each other was. And there's various levels in the uh, psyche and the soul and the essence. And we are trying to find out how many people have a blank slate versus how many have memories of past life are chosen by extraterrestrials. And so basically in the videos and the YouTubes you'll see around cyberspace and the digital community, you're going to hear a lot of talk about aliens, extraterrestrials, UFOs, and you're going to hear about factions, good, bad, and different. And you're going to hear about those that are on the warring nations and those that aren't, those that want peace. And in the religions, you'll hear the light souls and the dark souls, and depending on who you have. And we've had a lot of people talking about that. So uh, we have a military, we have an intelligence community, and they're not necessarily the same thing. <laughs> so uh, in, the, in command off planet, I met beings that uh, said they found us here. Uh, 28 to so many billion years ago, it's over 28 million that I can recall. And uh, they do know, uh, as far as I know, in some of my lives, this is not my first time. So I'm considered, uh, in the word that they taught me, ascension, which I didn't know when I first learned it, and with the magic of the, uh, I guess one might say brand, I guess, to keep me doing what I'm doing here, uh, the, it's a pyramid with energy coming off of it. It's like connecting the pyramids again. We had digital grids and energy or zero point energy, if you will, or ways to make energy. And I believe that we're going to redo that again. I, I strongly suggest that through the millions and if not billions of years throughout the universe, uh, not saying necessarily the solar system, but uh, it definitely in various realities that we are learning now with quantum mechanics, quantum physics, people like uh, uh, Neil Degrassi Tyson or Michio Kaku, people like that, they're big names in television, that uh, they are starting to suggest that, yes, there is something else out there, and there are other dimensions and other universes. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, Janet, what would you like to know? Should I need to go to you and let you talk about whatever you want to talk about to be part of this live show. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, there's a lot of directions we can take this, but um, yeah, it, it's the secret military. You know, you have your active things. Like Ken had his in the background. He wasn't aware. We have our military or our government, whoever they are. They do what's called memory wipes. But what happens is the memories don't stay down. You start getting bleed throughs. You start remembering things. And what I did is I did a lot of hypnosis regression. I had some conscious memories. Um, I couldn't uh, tell anybody. There was no safe place to tell 
growing up. But what we're focused on right now today, besides being an experiencer, which is very important, being an experiencer, is our involvement with the military. And I think that's one of the critical keys. Can we get these pieces of our memory? Because the military does a lot of things where they um, they have tactics to keep the information secret. Besides the um, memory wipes, I'm not sure how it works. Uh, I've had um, exposure to both the extraterrestrials and the military. I'm not sure what parts have been wiped out and what I do remember, what's left to remember. But the, the grays, when they put me back in, the, in bed, they, um, they sprayed one time. It was like a spray or a sound. I'm not sure what was going on, a misting. And that was supposed to mind wipe me, and it didn't work. And so um, this one time I was very angry that I didn't get my mind wiped because I had to go to work. And then I had to deal with the energy of having been abducted. And then I have to go, like, put on a different hat and go to work and pretend that everything is normal, right? So um, so I wanted to talk to all of us how we've been able to balance the information we know, the information that's in our subconscious, and it affects us on a core level. And what happens when we have memories coming forth? What do you do about it? When I have a memory, I, I have what... I'll call a screen memory. And I, I have ongoing contact with extraterrestrials. I don't know if the, both of you are having ongoing contact, but I I believe I'm going to my other existence. I think we have simultaneous lives. Because uh, I'll come back and I'll explain to my husband, well, I spent all last night and I had this other job I was doing, or I'm an ambassador on a uh, could, could somebody mute because I'm getting a lot of feedback well, mute when you're not talking yeah and so I'm going to other planets I'm working other jobs I'm an ambassador um, on other worlds one of the projects I'm involved with that I'm aware of and I and I, I married my therapist so I can I married Dr. Lesson we talked about earlier he's my husband so I can get up and he'll come and listen to me but, you know, you don't have to be here to a therapist. If you have somebody that will listen to you um, about your dreams and help you uh, analyze and deconstruct it, or you can get yourself a, a journal or, um, you know, just put your phone on record and then listen to it later, you'll get some more insights. So in my um, reflection that I have, uh, I've uncovered more and more of, of the mystery, and I'm in these programs where one of the programs – we're involved in relocating um, homeless people to another planet where they're given, uh, they have these beautiful homes that have been abandoned and they're being given these homes and all the materials, whatever they need, food is free. They can bring their animals. I see a lot of cows and sheep and, and chickens and pigs, a lot of livestock. And, and uh, it's like, here you go reinvent the world and uh, we're here to support you so that's one of the projects that I'm involved with but there's many many others I mean council meetings some of them are small with just maybe um, half dozen or a dozen people and some are large with over 100,000 people so I'm going to ask both of you what do you consciously remember what are some of your bleed through memories like sometimes um, I, I woke up one morning and there was an owl a six foot 
owl standing beside my bed. And it was full. The sun was up. It was not dark. It wasn't uh, dawn. It was like uh, right after dawn, full sunlight. And um, and I'm, I'm going, oh, my God, there's an owl. <laughs> I wasn't afraid. And I just said, oh, really? And as soon as I said, oh, really, to the owl, and this is all telepathic, the owl shapeshifted into a gray. And then we had a dialogue. So on what level is this happening for you as an experiencer, as a person that's been involved in the secret military? Um, and I'm not going to go into mine. I was on Johnson Atoll. That was my, my labs. I probably have others, but that was the, the big one that, that they made they made me remember. They, they did not, you know, erase that memory. And that was like, okay, it's time now. I'm allowed to talk about this. Because if they don't want you to talk about it, you're not going to remember it. They're going to erase it or they'll re-erase it. So back to, I guess, Ken next. We heard TJ for a while. Ken, what do you remember? What's uh, subconscious that has come forth? Um, you know, you have your your overt secrets, your overt military NASA thing, which was your front program, and then you have the back end story where you were on Mars and all kinds of stuff. So tell us a little bit about how did you integrate your mind wipe with what's going on now in your life? Okay. <clears throat> um, one thing I want to add real fast on what you you mentioned it. Um, Interesting enough that NASA had me on a program called Solar System Ambassadors. And uh, it's very interesting that, that I got chosen for that because that actually was one of my responsibilities and duties in, in the past life, life activity. That Now, um, your, your question was, uh, please refresh me now. I'm going to tell both okay. listeners, be careful. Be, go, let, me, let me throw this in real fast. Um, don't go trying to text and, and uh, use computers while you're driving. This young lady was doing that that came in and rear-ended me just a year ago and has caused me every once in a while when I'm talking, I'll have a dropout and I'll freeze up. That's why you just asked Janet, to, okay, what was the question? And then you can hit that, and then I can pick it back up and, and go again. But it, it's a real frustration whenever you, um, you're having to overcome uh, situations like that, and uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So forgive me if, if I sound like I don't know what I'm talking about for a moment. It gives me a moment to pause, and then I'll pick back up, and we'll go from there. Now, what was the question again, Janet? Okay, so um, I wanted you to tell us about, like, there's there's memories that are wiped, and then they bleed through. Okay. I call them screen right. memories. Do you have any memories that bled through that made you go, aha, there's more to this than that? And then you, um, you know, investigated that through hypnosis or meditation. Yeah, so that type of thing. Right. And I'm going to go on mute so I don't make noise. <laughs> yeah, the, um, it's interesting because those are the situations that happened in my life, even when I was very, very young uh, in the uh, second grade. I'm going to go back that far. That um, in a little town called Hart, H-A-R-T, Texas, 560 people in that that area, uh, farmers and everything else, and and it wasn't even much of a town. Two grocery stores, and that was about it, and, and granaries. Anyway, uh, we had a, a neighbor called um, the stepdad that I had, uh, T.C. Ray, and and said, "Did you guys see that lightning strike that hit just real close to where you live?" And uh, our closest neighbor was a mile and a half away, by the way. Um, and um, so we, my bro- two brothers and I, we we put on our rubber boots and we uh, got dressed. And we went across the dirt road. That's all we had out in the country. 
and over into the field. And this it was an area of about, um, oh, at least 50 feet in diameter uh, of the, the grain field was absolutely just flattened out. And now, <clears throat> being the youngest one of three brothers, the older boy, A.R., uh, you know, he's not going to try to – he knows he could outrun either one of us other two, and, and it would be not very sophisticated for him to do that. So he's coming along. Jimmy, uh, he's no big deal, but I had to prove that I was faster than them. So I outran both of them to this area and saw this circle. And on the far side of this flattened circle, uh, crop circle, if you want to call it that now, uh, was this big whooping crane. It was, it was a bird. And interesting that uh, Janet was talking about her owl. In this case, was a about a four-foot-tall whooping crane. They're almost totally extinct right now. But it was standing on the far side of, of this flattened-out area. It turns its head. It looks at me, turns its head back the other direction, takes about three or four steps, opens its wings, and looks like it sort of jumps here and goes poof. It disappeared. Now, when AR and Jimmy got over, I asked them, did you see that bird? Did you see the bird? And they said, no, I didn't see anything. Well, interesting enough, uh, later on in my life, I started not, not much later. I probably only, I think it was continuously there. I would start having dreams in which we would have um, uh, craft would come by land and stop and take up one of my friends, um, uh, you know, go and spend the, spend the night or the weekend with him uh, during school in the third grade. And uh, Dick Clark, that was his name. I, golly, I remember that. Uh, he and I were out in, in, the, in the field way out in the distance where there's a little, little pond. And um, we were out there and it's getting close to sundown. And we were watching the, the the moon was visible like it is right now today uh, from a full moon last night. At any rate, um, there was um, um, a craft or something. It looked like it was coming from the area of the moon and headed down over towards the horizon of the earth. And about the same time, it was getting sundown. We didn't get back into the house until about 30 minutes after sundown. And, of course, we got our, our fannies almost <laughs> busted for not be coming in when dinner was ready. But those are types of experiences that have hit me in my my life of being chosen or picked or whatever term they want to use. And I think it's all a part of going all the way back to my dad and, and uh, the um, Eisenhower and the direct contact with extraterrestrials. And I think they, extraterrestrials like to keep it within families. And quite often it's very common for us to find that um, – more than just one person in a family may wind up that over the, over the generations that uh, selected by extraterrestrials like you know, like he has it in his book. So that's what I found out, found myself uh, in those type of experiences. And as I started, I would have dreams of things that went on, especially uh, on Mars. And uh, one of the things um, I remember very much, this was way before we ever landed a um, – a spacecraft on Mars in, in the public space program we should have. Uh, but in, in my case, when um, this one particular dream kept coming back and forth quite frequently is I would be standing around on the edge of the big giant canyon on on Mars, and I could, in, in the out-of-body experience, I could just lean forward and, and put my arms out and kind of like a bird, I guess, and fly over and I could fly down into the valley and over areas where had been civilizations, you know, thousands and thousands of years before. In fact, and and part of the history and learning, we are somewhat the descendants of um, the Martians, if you will. 
And uh, by me going back and looking at some of the ancient uh, ruins and things, I know where our origin was before we wound up having to migrate to a more hospitable environment here on this planet Earth. So interesting enough that a lot of us, uh, when we start getting together and start talking and bringing up the memories, having had um, um, in this particular life of mine of 77 years, I'm finding times when I have, there's a missing time, but yet after the hypnotic regression, I'm finding out it wasn't missing. I was just busy uh, doing another activity over on Mars, such as uh, uh, as a pilot, I was flying the little craft we call the, I call the hopper. And uh, where I, this is where I met, um, um, let's see, um, the, the two people there. <laughs> uh, one of you, Janet, you guys can help me out here. I'm having one of those dropouts. Um, Andrew Bashago and um, William White Crow had gotten themselves in a situation, and I came in with the hopper, landed it close to where that uh, there, there were still some kinds of creatures and beings on the planet Mars that uh, kind of like a pterodactyl or something, but uh, I was able to land it close and pick them up. Now, these stories, we start talking about these now, and that's probably part of the reason why we get our memories wiped, as they used to call it, or do now. And um, because other people will say, oh, hogwash, oh, that's a bunch of hooey hooey. And you know what? Until they've had the same experiences or had the opportunities to get with someone like uh, Dr. Sasha Lesson and um, have a hypnotic regression and going back and finding out not just in this current life experience of mine, 77 years, go back in past life experience and find out other things that we've been involved with. So we are really, really into the age and the time of disclosure of not just what's happening now, but in our past lives. We're going to find that, um, well, I'll throw this in real fast. Um, my wife, Fran, she and I, uh, she was raised in Canada. I was raised in Texas. We both wound up working for the Boeing Company and uh, up in Seattle, about halfway in between for both of us. And uh, both of us went to an organization called Parents Without Partners. Well, a month and a half later, now that's kind of crazy most people would say, but a month and a half later, later, I um, asked her to marry me again because we found out now that we had been a couple in our past lives. So there's a lot of experiences that we are in this shell, as um, TJ says, and, and I, you know, that's what our human bodies are, is being used as a shell. And what we're doing is is learning and picking up where we left off and Hopefully now the disclosure is coming more and more uh, real. We're, a lot more of us are going to be able to come forward and find out just exactly who we are, what we are, and and what part we have played in this, this whole role of the, the galaxies, if you will. So if you want to pick up with that, either one of you other two, come right on. Janet or Go TJ. Ahead, TJ. Well, Go ahead, TJ. we all have a we all have a purpose. And what I've learned is we're definitely all part of an experiment. And uh, from what I can see that the government knew and what uh, Bob O'Dean talked about is we're definitely uh, being uh, groomed for something. But no one has the exact uh, understanding of everything. And they'll, it depends on your role in this uh, game of life. And it it's uh, part of what found out uh, the the group that Bob was with that did their own study because and and 
a lot of what he said rung true with me, even though he worked at a different time than I did, was the fact that we had the military industrial complex, as we might say, but we'd said the military. And then we had corporations and, you know, the world banks, blah, blah, blah. We had all the different levels of humanity. But uh, the entire problem was knowing that there were people coming and going forever. And that was pretty much proven through everything, whether you can read it or not, or know of the archives and or just know that people, this was common among those at the highest levels of cosmic top secret or those that were in the military, uh, they were much higher and more aware than people that we would put in the position of the United States of America, which now the John Q. Populous is out there finding out and we're demonstrating it. And it had to do with the whole planet. And uh, back during World War II, from now this is what I understand as part of my truth. And uh, Bob Dean said everything is true because <laughs> each one of us is our own universe and inside our own mind with our own God, right? So everything is true. So ET high-tech civilizations, uh, at least in this reality, this consensus or this universe that we think we're sharing together is a critical mass mind. And you'll hear that. It's the critical consciousness, and some call it the A-field. Uh, Urban Laszlo does the A-field, and I talked to him extensively uh, years ago on the phone, and we did uh, emails and stayed in touch, Urban Laszlo, so you read his book, The Theory of Everything, after I'd gotten it, and he was very open to me, and then we uh, were working with Europe and different people at a high level of uh, intensity, I would say, in the mind and how we all have evidence, but we're all in some kind of intensive uh, uh, survey of uh, civilizations, and there's various levels of that. Now, what was concerning in when I came in in 1951, uh, after the 47 incident with uh, Roswell, there were those that wondered if they were malevolent or hostile. And that's where we get to the abductee stories with Betty and Barney Hill. There were plenty before that, but that's the one that was well known as uh, up north. But uh, they were put back. And so when my husband and I were trained, my husband said, yes, but they were put back. And uh, when we ask about the various levels of extension of why we come and go from this planet, and uh, Tom didn't like to talk religion or theology or history or anything to do with uh, the creator of God. He just didn't. He didn't want that to shape. And most of the time, that was the prime direction, not the with those in containers down here that were put here at various points in time. So uh, the the point of time that Tom found most curious was Hitler forward and from World War II and the World War and then the Atomic Age coming forward and uh, them dealing with, uh, I guess you'd say, microcosm and down to the CERN or the smallest microcosm or the smallest below atom quarks and all of that. But he was changed, and Bob was changed working in because you come in, and they both were like me. We come in in a human form, and we just know with the clean slate or so we're told from the veil forward is that uh, we're born – you know, we are, are – we, they don't let us remember the videos prior, our past life as reincarnates or reincarnitiates or, you know – 
there's a circle of life, and I think many of the Buddhists and many of the older religions believe in that. And then now with our ascension and the way we live in America, and I am one of those as I learned about ascension, and they taught me that. So as far as I'm concerned, I worked with the benevolent, meaning those that were good, or at least those that seemed to be wanting us to progress and help us with things. Now, some people only meet the bad people are the the ones that say aliens don't help us and they're taking us and they're doing evil things to us and then a lot of people are changing their mind realizing they were part of some experiment they may or may not have chosen to be here but maybe we're all part of an experience maybe we're all knowing that we're all a part of a long line of beings that came before us and will come after us and we're developing so you know that they don't tell us the whole picture they only tell us what they need us to know. And so some feel like they're working with evil and some feel like they're working with good, dark and light or however you perceive it. So there's different ways to think about that. And if each person has their own free will, we think we have free will power anyway, control over your inner sanctum or your inner self, your inner inner thoughts anyway. You know, unless you blow your brains out, I guess, uh, stop working your container. Otherwise, you're here with the rest of us. Now, I have lost some of the people in my group. My husband is one of them, but he he died of natural causes. My daughter died due to cancer. He died of pneumonia filling up, but I had to watch him die, and that's not fun. It's watching the container give out, and, uh, you know, you, you start with usually the – the lungs and 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 then the heart and then the mind. I've learned that from my daughter watching her. But um, anyway, I I believe that life is immortal and they're going on to another level of existence. And I want to believe that, but nobody told me that. But I think from the stuff I've learned working with extraterrestrial beings that look like us, that that is what goes on. Now, why we have a military? I do wonder, but I believe. I, can't, I don't know this, but from what I've seen and what I've experienced and what I've been allowed to know with my talents and skills is that we're here to heighten our sense of information for our soul's level or to grow. Now, you can look at that scientifically or you can look at that, you know, in the ways of the old or old world religions or however you want to through the uh, lenses that you have or those, you know, your perceptions, your observations. But I do believe there is a, a form of human intelligence, whether it's, uh, uh, I don't know how many levels. I do believe there are various levels. And like Janet was saying, she's been in many places. Is that our oversoul? Is that our higher self? Is that parts of ourself? Yes, probably to all. And where are they? Maybe uh, we were finding out with the slit theory and the way that we deal with uh uh, I guess you could say laser and knowing how things fall into particles and waves like on the ocean and all that, that there is a physics and a way to understand now that we didn't know. And the longer we live, the more closer we get to a higher level of understanding. And I believe that's why we're here. The human race is a hybrid race. It always has been, always will be. It is genetically manipulated. And various people in various cultures and climates uh, are put together for whatever reasons, maybe to make better DNA because we have 65 strains at least. And uh, some of them are being more like uh, Ken said, light and dark. I had my brothers, some of them were dark skin, some were light. Same thing over in Norway. You'll see light skin and dark skin in the same family in Brazil. Blondes and blue eyes with dark hair, dark skin, and brown eyes. In my family, same thing. My daughters, I had three blonde hazel eyes and one 
my little one that just died was uh, an ET experiment, I think, and I believe I was uh, told to do that because I remember my thoughts in making her versus the others were accidents. But she, I thought about, I wanted a brunette with blue eyes. I got to think about it. I worked with, to me, angels are, are higher selves of myself. I don't know, or, or beings to create what I wanted, and that's what I got. However, because she was uh, Irish and Brazilian, and that's what the gentleman told me, that was her DNA, uh, her sperm donor, and uh, was that uh, he was Brazilian and Irish. And then when we had this cancer deal and we were working with the Nordics and those like uh, – we have a history of those that uh, channel people. And I, I was – I guess one to answer Janet's question, yes, I, I'm a psychic medium. And the way that we talk, I, for lack of better words, uh, we're all psychic. We're all remote viewers. If you want to be, you can learn a protocol for that. But uh, some of us choose to use it and practice it and become very good at it. And I use tarot cards. And my daughter, she always, uh, from the time she was born, she knew she was from another planet. She knew she was uh, uh, not from here. She knew she worked in space. And she still read the Bible, everything there, and had Jesus taught because that was an extraterrestrial to her. And he came and showed us the way to come and do it and leave your body and go back, and she was okay with that. So I'm so glad that that gave her solace and and, and made her feel good about the reality. And, uh, you know, to each his own, however you have to function, however you have to put your reality because you're born alone and you will die alone. In other words, you come into one container and when the container decays to a point or has uh, been disrupted where it can't uh, sustain life form, then it's just like an old car that stops working, you know, no more in no work. So it gets torn up or whatever. You're somewhere else. So I want to believe that because I have memories of past lives. So I hope that helps some. And Janet, it's your turn. Next. Off of mute, Janet. Okay. So what are we talking about? <laughs> Where are we? Um, okay. So ask me a question. Let's pose, let's pose a question to, to do the next round. Cause I kind of How got, do you feel it was that, very interesting. Uh, I got how do you feel that all this, all this coming together of people, because we're talking about things of each individual has a different understanding of what their truth is. Each one has a different understanding of what they know and believe, depending on their experiences and they formulate it in their mind. So let's say that for the sake of humanity, that we all come to this planet and we all have a clean slate until maybe we get to reach a certain point or extraterrestrials jive us or make us remember or whatever. But let's say that uh, we all are equal. We're all got a body. We all have a clean slate. Now what? Why do you think that us coming forth as the Allied Command secret space paranormal researchers is a part of the future or why do you think this is important to those that maybe don't have the same experiences? I think because the secret to longevity, uh, clean, green, clean, green energy systems, all these things that are being held secret, which are affecting each and every person alive, um, are being hidden from us, kept from us, and we need to get that information out there so we can become a conscious civilized civilization and go into the stars as was um, laid out for us in the 60s by Gene Roddenberry. Those people in the the 60s and the 50s and before that, like uh, Robert um, Heinlein and 
um, Isaac Asimov, who were people that were working in World War II, and then they they came out of that. You know, they were in the military, and they came out, and they're working in, as uh, authors, and they're writing these science fiction stories, and they were on task to tell us these things so that we would begin to wake up and become conscious, because I think that humanity is meant to uh, be reunited in space with our our extraterrestrial uh, space family. And if some people, that sounds corny, but that's really what's going on. We've been disconnected from the totality of existence by agreeing to come into this prison planet, this uh, slave uh, system, and we are all corporate economic slaves. We come in, we have to work. <laughs> we have to work for our food, work for our living, or, or perish, and it's not given to us, so we have to work. And uh, we often end up working in jobs we don't really like. So I'm here to bring forth the new era of higher levels of consciousness. Uh, you might want to call it ascension. But I, I think it's just an integration of that which we already are and know on some level. And it, it involves us, each and every one of us becoming conscious. And so it's, in some level, it's our duty to take these memories that we recall consciously, what I call the screen memories, and to go into it deeper so we can become a conscious being rather than this unconscious being. And um, one of the things that I had was a strong spiritual practice. I practiced Tantra. And in Tantra, you come into this... Uh, veil of forgetfulness and the memories of who you are as an eternal being, as a soul, are um, anchored in your spine, in your base chakra, in, in an energy system called kundalini energy. And as you work on your different uh, issues that you have, you know, you have psychological, psycho-emotional issues on each chakra level, on each energy system. And when you clear those issues you have, regarding your past lives or your current life or your religious programming or cultural conditioning, um, your conflicts you have with perhaps maybe your, you know, identify as one orientation and uh, you're, you're born another, you know, into another gender. You, everybody has stuff. We all have stuff. There isn't anybody alive that hasn't encountered stuff in their journey through life. So, we deal with these issues, we clear them, we heal them, we interact with the people that are in our karmic circle and we forgive each other and love each other or perhaps we harm each other more, but we hopefully eventually resolve those things. And through this path, our kundalini awakens and then it activates and goes through our chakras and out our, our head and it reconnects us with source all the way to you know the highest dimension of existence. And we begin to remember who we are. As we remember who we are individually and collectively, we awaken uh, consciousness and um, reconnect with our civil family and our um, uh, extraterrestrial, non-Terran, and other dimensional forms of ourselves and, and our family. So we, you know, and it takes a lot of work to do that, and yet it happens to some people spontaneously. They have um, spiritual awakenings. They become conscious. I had a, a client who told, called me and said, I was, I was grocery shopping. I was in Walmart or Kmart or something, and I, I looked across the, the store, and I, I, my eyes met this man, and all of a sudden I remembered everything. And so we don't know what the catalyst, and he didn't know why was 
it's that when I looked in this man's eyes, suddenly I knew all my past lives and how I came to be here. And he said it blew me away, and I almost passed out, but I had to just act normal and walk out of the store and get in my car and collapse and just sob because now I'm awake and I'm conscious. So I think we're going to wake up and become conscious sooner or later, so it might be better to do it sooner rather than later and consciously rather than unconsciously because then we're more effective and we can be uh, these are opportunities to be kind and loving with those in our lives along the way. So anyway, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> That's what came out of me, kind of like a download. So thank you. You want to make a Ken. crack at it, Ken? Why are we, why are we helping each other with this allied command organization? Why do you think it's important? Well, I, it, the reason I think it's important is that it gives us each an opportunity to to um, work on what we needed to improve. Uh, this is a training. I look at uh, this existence that we're in now and the shell that we're using uh, is the uh, learning device or learning ability so that, um, for instance, um, <laughs> well, I guess I could probably, let me try this one on for size. Um, yes, I'm, I'm a man. I've we're, children, et cetera, in this lifetime. And interesting enough, when I was um, the third child being born and um, my mother was totally convinced she was going to have the third child was going to be a little girl. So for nine months, I was uh, Patty Lou. So my good friends jokingly call me Patty Lou. Of course, I, I joke with them back too. But the thing I'm getting at is that parts of our existence, parts of our being and knowledge that we need to gain Earth has been an excellent learning uh, planet where we can uh, come back and take on a new shell and hopefully uh, overcome. Now, for instance, I guess um, someone mentioned Adolf Hitler before. Let's hope that he has a better shell and um, has come back and, you know, and more for loving and caring instead of um, the way World War II went. So we're, we're in a position of growing and learning knowledge-wise and uh, take advantage of that by, by uh, doing your own research, dig into the information, find out uh, more truth to what's been going on. Uh, like Jan- Janet talks about, um, this is, I got involved in, in hypnosis actually as a teenager. And uh, when I was in military school, military academy, I would hypnotize some of the students and help them uh, have total recall when they got ready to take exams, and that helped out there. So when I had the opportunity then to get um, someone, a professional, to help me go back and regress, because I, I fixed it so that no one else could hypnotize me without my permission, and now I'm in a position that I'm I'm going back and uh, finding out a little bit more about who I was, uh, who I am, and uh, what left I, I still have to do uh, and this, right now, and people say, you're, you're how old? I said, I'm only 77. I'm going to live to be at least 180. And when I'm approaching that, I'm going to push for 200. So, you know, there are people right now on this planet that have exceeded well over um, 100, 150 years old. And uh, a lot of it has to do with your own mind. And this is all part of the learning here. If you if you say, well, my grandma, my grandpa, that guy, when they were 65, I probably will too. Well, that's true. You're pre-programming yourself. That that's what's probably going to happen to you. So, 
Um, we learn to be much more positive and hopefully gain more knowledge of the universe, of intelligent beings and other areas, as well as either a male or female. And um, that makes you a much better whole person. So that's a little bit far off the beat from talking about Mars and the moon and space and, and stuff, which is my, my, my forte, if you will. But um, I'm just picking up kind of where, where Janet left off because she, she is um, an expert in a lot of these fields too. So um, that's about my only input on it. If you want to pick back up TJ and we'll go from there. All right. Well, regarding where I understand that we are together, I would like to suggest that all of us come from somewhere else that while we are here, it is my understanding that everyone lives at their own pace. So many of my friends know that time is based on the way we think here, uh, linear around the solar system. And people like Linda Moulton Howe has been around 75 times, maybe 78 now. I don't know what month she was born. 75, 76 years. I've been around 67 years around the sun. Ken, 75, and Janet, 60, what, two, Janet, 63 or 64? Where are you, Janet? 60, how old are you? How many times around the solar system? Around the 65. sun. I'm, I'm 77 65. now. So I'm still 65. Oh, you're still, you're still young. Okay, it's you're 65. 77. She's 65 and I'm 67. All right, so numbers shouldn't mean anything, but uh, what it is, is we've learned from being born, we live and we die, is that our containers age, and that's the way the rules. There's universal laws, celestial laws, terrestrial laws. Uh, Down here, well, telestial. So there's telestial down here, terrestrial and celestial, we say in other world religions. So... There's things we just can't, we call them nature's laws because we can't change them. So uh, the the empirical way from, we went from uh, Aristotle and everything that he could explain and the metaphysics after physics, I guess, that couldn't be explained back in the day. So we are uh, working with metaphysicians and we're doing our, our part. Now empirical, we say science, we can measure it, take it apart, figure it out bring it down to the lowest form or lowest measurement, figure out what's what, and uh, all the way down to the micro, meaning the micro, the low, there's a whole universe out there. And then we have various disciplines, and uh, we have aliens in biology, things we can't explain, and we call those aliens, which we don't understand yet. They're, not, they're sort of unexplained. So we have that type of reality. Now, what I'd like to suggest is, at this point in a narrative in the world in which Janet Carolesson, Car- uh, Dr. Alexander Philip Sasha Lesson, or Sasha in quotes, he's a PhD in anthropology, and we've worked together for many years in, as the uh, ACE, which he chose instead of ACO, but Ascension Center Education and the ACE Folk Life. And anthropology covers that because folk life falls under that in the university or in the academia. Now, there's people all over the world that are interested in UFOs and extraterrestrials and aliens. So we've developed in the Allied Command, the Alien Contact Organization, and then the CE5 falls under as contactee experiencers. So we have aliens, we have abductees, 
We have contactees and we have experiencers. Some say abductees saw aliens. Well, it tends to be contactees of their own accord work with experienced extraterrestrials. So is it a choice or not? That depends on who you spoke, speak to. Now, most of what Mutual UFO Network, which uh, Janet and I have paid membership, I don't know if uh, – Ken, did you ever pay MUFON dues? They're expensive now, but they didn't used to be. Did you ever pay 80 to $100 to join MUFON? Or, I think it may down, be down to five, 5 or 10 a month now online. Have you ever paid dues to MUFON? Maybe not. Ken. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> Janet, can you hear I'm me? Sorry. Yeah, I hear did you, you fine. Ever... I'm sorry. I pushed the wrong button. Okay, did you ever <laughs> join MUFON? Like, I've paid an annual um, dues in 2008 not, and um, monthly. Oh, we're, quite a few years ago I did, but then um, I was being invited to be speakers, et cetera, and stuff, so I wound up not having to, to pay my dues <laughs> or whatever. So, but uh, I've done I've done my share. Yeah, you've done your share. So now we've got uh, – there's been various UFO associations or UFO organizations, and uh, they're out there on Wikipedia, which is one of the places people still go. And uh, I guess Janet had some problems with her uh, computer because she fell off. But uh, folks – or she had to take a break. But uh, we together are – are forming our own group, and uh, if you'd like to join us, the Allied Command organization, we have aliencontact.org and the alliedcommand.org, and uh, we're going to work together for that, and now my my uh, dog is going to bark. No, Coco. <laughs> well, uh, you know, we, we all have, even if they're extraterrestrials, and there are various factions out there. And uh, we talk about the reptilians, we talk about the insectoids, we talk about those grays, the short ones and the tall ones, and the ones that look Chinese and the ones that look Japanese, and there's something to that. And then there's historically blue beings on, on the earth, and there's something to that, red beings, red, yellow, black, and white, they're precious in his sight, right? And we talk about gods and deities and demigods, and we talk about heroes and superheroes and super soldiers and uh, military and to defend us. And now uh, from after Reagan and Star Wars, because Reagan had a sighting and knew, and he was briefed. My husband was there at Camp David when he was briefed and uh, he, he and Reagan got along. So I'm going to pick up a story for those that are uh, interested uh, after uh Robert O'Dean's story with my husband's story, if anybody's interested, Thomas R. Morris, Sergeant Morris, Agent Morris, and uh, pick up on T.J. Morris and the Allied Command story. And I have a book, if you're interested in joining us, uh, Ken, it's Ace Life Coach, Ace Life, Ace, uh, and it's a good book. It's only $7 off of Amazon. Gives you an idea of ACO and ACE back four or five years ago while my husband was still alive. But ACE Life Coaching or ACE Life Coach on Amazon by T.J. Morris. And I didn't spell out Teresa Jeanette Thurman Morris because it's too long. So Thurman is my maiden name, T-H-U-R-M-O-N-D. But this is under ACE, A-C-E Life Coach, and it's by T.J. Morris. 
And it's a purple book. It's got a question mark on the front. But you could start with that if you're interested in helping us. And uh, it talks about us, our ACE Folk Life and our Alien Contact Organization. Talks about our event. Talks about all we're going to have including paranormal, metaphysical, UFOs, all the things you need to know. So uh, Ace Life yeah. Coach, I believe. Let me look it up. I can't. Yeah, Folks, it's available you think on I wrote Amazon. It. Yeah, it's only $7. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's far what we're doing now. Let me see if I can look it up. Ace, I know this sounds funny, but I wrote it so many years ago, but it will tell you how we're getting started uh, to help each other and how we had various – uh, Ace Life Coach, uh, Health Coach. Well, that's not going to work. And folks with today's uh, browsers, and uh, we need some new techs. We need help. That's definite. If you're willing to volunteer, we'd really like to know about. It. Let me try books by Ch- books by T.J. Morris. Maybe let's see. I'm, these days, you got to you got to know the answer, don't you? Books by Teresa J. Morris on Amazon. I wonder if it's in there. Let's see. Books of Teresa, Teresa of Ascension, Knowing Cosmology. I wrote all those in Chan Development. That's when I wanted Janet. Where is Ace, ACE Life? Taking up Teresa of Ascension. There's a lot of books out there, and I wrote from the Andromeda point of view because my husband and I were out working with these ETs off planet. And uh, I wanted a point of origin, and I was uh, only learned this year. After my husband died about Beta Zeta, or being a Beta Zoid, even though that's been used in movies and things, it was funny because it was Beta Zeta from Andromeda, and I had a guy ask, her, ask me yesterday, well, can't, what because he knew my husband and talked to him, what, uh, oh, here it is, Ace Life Coach, that is the name of it, Basic Introduction, Ken, so, okay. uh, oh my goodness, they raised the price, it was seven, they put it on $10. Huh. Well, well it's I can't. Inflation. It's, it's inflation. I guess so in four years. So I didn't even, I've never, I haven't seen it, folks, for like many years. So uh, $10 on Prime, Ace Life Coach, Be a Life Coach, Community, Share the World's Moments, and you can too, while offering various services. You can share responsibility for a person on company's overall vision and strategy, as well as day to day operations. So since the beginning, TJ has focused on simplicity while inspiring creative thought-solving problems with thoughtful guidance suggestions, including product design. So as a result, ACE has become the home for visual storytelling for everyone from brands, artists, artists, authors, co-creators, educators, musicians, speakers, radio show hosts, webmasters, and people with a creative passion. So find your place in our world as a life coach with TJ Morris. So I'm going to ask people if they'd like to join us, would you uh, grab that because that will help you get into our conference. And uh, hopefully the allied command officers, we have a committee where you're also journalists. I'm a uh, senior professional journalist, journalist with SPJ. And we have ACO news. If you'd like to be a journalist, uh, we have Russell that will be back. Russell Brenniger Tuesday. He's writing an article for us. And uh, if you're a paranormal researcher, we welcome you. Uh, We'd like to discuss about you helping humanity in our ACE Life Coaching Program. And we're going to certify some people in our uh, reality with ACE Metaphysics. 
And uh, we're going to have a good time together with what time we have left on the planet. All you seniors are welcomed, and even all you newbies, you neophytes out there wanting to work with Ace Metaphysical Institute and the Allied Command, I suggest this book because I wrote it years ago. It's not as old as some of the books I've written, but it's a good middle path for lack of money, but it has a guide for you to get started in our programs, how to educate yourself. speaker maybe you may like that or you may want to speak or uh, teach something in our metaphysical groups and uh, maybe work with the allied command so ace life coach basic instruction now the ascension center was presented to me by extraterrestrials and i would like to keep that going forward that this is a place to learn and to grow and uh, to learn what ce5 is contact with extraterrestrials whether you learn from uh Stephen Greer, Michael Sala, David Wilcock, uh, Ken Johnston, or myself, Teresa J. Morris. We're more than happy to help you. Now, I know a lot of you here are used to me, or used to be used to me doing ET Spirit Guide tarot card readings, and I will be getting back to that just so we can grow our community. Well, uh, Ken, we got 10 minutes left, and Janet, apparently, uh, she hasn't been feeling real good, but uh, I've also got Ken's moon. It's uh, revealing the dark mission of NASA, and it's his autobiography, and it's Ralph Kennedy Johnston, but he's he uses Ken like I use TJ. Ken Johnston Sr. Uh, and some wonderful pictures, his documents that he can prove, and uh, it's going to be hard to prove a lot of things, folks, but this book you got to get it. And then uh, Ken's Moon. And now what's your other book, Ken? I've got Alien UFO Contact by Teresa J. Morris nope. knowing. What do you yeah, got? The, uh, the, the other one that's already out now is called uh, The Regression of a NASA Whistleblower. I figure, well, since uh, I got tagged with that title, I might as well go ahead and use it on my on this book. And it's um, it's uh, was um, one of the first hypnotic regression sessions that uh, Dr. L- Dr. Sasha Lesson, there's so much essence and stuff in trying to say that in one mouthful. Essence, but, uh, lesson. Yep. Lesson <laughs> it, with uh, lesson. It's, it's, yep. Lessons with lessons. Yep. He, I hope he's listening to this and he gets a good chuckle out of that. But no, that, that <laughs> book is out. That one's small. That one's only, um, gosh, I, I think it's only like $10. It's only $15. Yeah. Oh, that's 15? good. Yeah, the, the regressions. The, the bigger book is, so, the bigger book, the first one is a $20 one. But, uh, you know, hey, things cost nowadays, unfortunately. Yeah, wish, I, wish I could give them away free. But I, we don't put up the prices on them. But uh, nope, they, do, they do. So, yeah, they do. So, folks, Kendall, a regression of a NASA whistleblower, selections from a regression session with commentary. So that's Ken Johnston Sr. Years truly, been, you've been hearing him. You, yeah, he's make, Ken. I'm TJ. <laughs> Yeah, but let's make sure they, they, they put Ken Johnston Sr. because my son, Ken Johnston Jr., uh, he, he he says so often people say, oh, you're Ken Johnston. And he says, no, that's my dad. So <laughs> be sure you put senior on it, all right? Or you can put you, colonel or whatever else. Yeah, fleet commander with our allied command and all our groups. We have so many. We have UFO Secret Space Command online, which is free for those of you that like Facebook and social media. And uh, to learn with us and to be getting in some of our classes 
and how to get certified in our groups uh, based on what you want. We have various things we're going to be teaching. And Dr. Rick Allen Miller is one of our teachers, Dr. Alexander Sasha, Ken Johnson, myself. And uh, I do more metaphysical teaching, and uh, we work with the chakra system and how to be a better person and then motivational speaking we got. We set up life coaching after, uh, we did not copy Werner Earhart or S, but that was back during the time when I began uh, and a lot of the motivational speaker groups got international associations of motivational speaker type groups. And we put together the Ascension Center and uh, now we've got the Allied Command. So we're helped, hoping to help those counselor, a tarot reader, psychic medium, and I will be coming back here to this location doing those things to help many people. And then I may be speaking in the future with Ken. Ken, I wish I could get you my book to take with you, The Ace Life Coach. I don't think you'll get it in time within a week. You know, I'd send it to you uh, with your address. Okay. Add it to cart. Uh, I can put on. Let me see if it'll. Well, I need your address, but I can get it offline. But right now it's Good Friday, everybody. So happy Easter to everybody. The perfect picture of uh, hopefully raising your soul and your your uh, spirit to a higher place and understanding that here in America we're set on uh, being about ascension and raising your soul to that higher level. And while we're here, it, it stands to reason, doesn't it, that extraterrestrials out there may have a higher level generically across the board as a critical conscious mass mind from being around out there flying around in the universe but uh think about it. it stands to reason that some probably better than others just like we have humans on the planet some are better than others aren't they and we don't know why some souls go awry uh, we think it's goodwill but uh you know, if you'd like to work with some good people, I don't smoke or drink, neither does Ken. Uh, we have good morals and integrity, and uh, of course, there's always haters out there. We know, we know that. That's what I'm saying on the planet. There are people at different levels of uh, spiritual paths is a nice way to say. They're all lead up the mountain sooner or later, <laughs> some later than sooner. <laughs> Ken, yeah. you want to address I'd, I'd, I'd add like it. that? Yeah, please. Well, I, I was going to say, I, I have um, – <clears throat> People that have just a minute here, oh good, um, that have come out and attacked me and saying, oh he didn't do this, he didn't do that, he's lying, this that, and uh, all I do is say, hey, uh, it's all been published. And, and since my first book went out, which has the autobiography, it has copies of all the documents from NASA and the government, and proof of who I am, what I, what I've been doing in this life, and where I'm at. So um, if if you hear somebody start try, uh, running me down, uh, just tell them. Get the book, check it out, find the truth out, do your own research. Don't listen to Mr. Oberg. I'm going to go ahead and say his name. I don't mind. He used to be a friend of mine, but uh, uh, he James wound Oberg. up becoming – Yeah, James he's Oberg. In, yeah, he, he's in Russell's book as an engineer oh, well, he, for NASA. Yeah, well, well he, he has was. a good he background. Was, he just was controversial. Yes, he, to be, he was wanting to be the main uh, go-to yeah. person for Hollywood, he took, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, but he took – Right, he took off uh, Dr. Thornton Page. Uh, he took over doing and uh, as part of the debunkers that uh, whenever anyone's starting to come out with evidence and truth and things like that, they try to uh, attack them verbally and run run their reputations, et cetera. Fortunately, wow. I've done quite well by publishing everything. And from my understanding, he's oh, he almost got me killed when I was over in India doing lectures, and 
contacted them, told them I was a liar. I was just there to steal money, blah, blah, blah. And uh, once, once it got, I got on my wall here, a, a letter of apology and saying they should have checked out first and find out that uh, I wasn't the one that was telling stories and lies. It was Mr. Oberg. So, I wonder who is being uh, paid by to do that. You think it was the government well, or, was. or was just uh, Hollywood or people wanting to protect their investment? It makes you wonder who pays people to be a disinformation agent or to say yeah, that maybe well, he thinks his <laughs> truth is the only truth and nothing but the truth. Oh, no. But I've seen no, your book, and uh, I know the people that you knew, so we've been there, and reality speaks louder than words. So Ken and I were both in reality in Houston. And I imagine if you want to go track us down like you do your background checks, you'll find out we were both there. And it's up to you right. to put the pieces together, isn't it? So we'll, we yeah. have our story, and we're sticking to it. So we've both been in NASA and <laughs> Houston. And uh, <laughs> if you want to play I, with us, I that's think, fine. We're the Allied I, Command. Right. <laughs> I, think we, I think we actually sat in some of the same meetings with um, um, uh, Dr. Von Braun. Braun, as a matter of fact. You bet. So, yeah, so we, folks, we can that's a hard, bit of history right there. Go we ahead. can, and we're old folks, but the kids ought to get a kick <laughs> out of it, you know, and we're putting Only together chronology. everything. Well, yeah, after after Roswell and then after Robert O'Dean and then after William Tompkins, it's our turn. You know, y'all can go play if you want with Emory Smith and the Bluebirds, and there's a lot of people that see the avions and the – you know, different things. I didn't. So, you know, not pro or con either way. I'm not judging it. I just have a different reality. So my reality is uh, with the Allied Command and more military and, and intelligence officers. And a lot of us are veterans. Some had more need to know than others, apparently. But then there's good and bad in every uh, group. And there's those that did and those that didn't. And those that do, do. And those that can't teach. So I guess, Ken, we're at the age where we got to teach now. I don't think I can do the things <laughs> I did back then. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm discovering some of that myself. I'm, I, I'm, it's one of the nice things I like to do sometimes when we're, we're speaking in and if, if the opportunities, right, we say, okay, is anybody in here um, over over 50? And a, few, a lot of hands go up. How about over 60? A lot of hands up. Uh, how about over 70? Uh, very few hands up. How about people over 77? And they're like, nobody hardly at all. And I say, okay, oh, wow. respect your elders because I'm 77. And I'm moving on to the next higher plateau of 200. So all right. a lot has well, to do with your own, your own attitude. It does. I think our energy is the fact that we're here, those that can do and those that can't teach. But that's okay with me. I'm, I'm rising to the occasion. I'm going to do my part with Ken R. Johnston. Thank you for joining us tonight with American Communications Online. That is the company here in Gulf Breeze, Florida. Ken is in or near uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Is it Beta? Not that they're going to come looking for you, but we'll just use Albuquerque <laughs> as the headquarters for our Allied yep. Command. And he's going to be Fleet Commander for putting all together all the people. Doesn't matter what association you're with or what, but we are the ACO News Group. And uh, we are well, well, journalists, writers, authors, and speakers. So get involved, and we're going to be doing videos too. So thank you. And Ken, if you can, come back yeah. Tuesday night with Russell Brenniger. We'll see you uh, 8 I'll to 10. I look forward to it. Tuesday's good. On Wednesdays, I'm with all the cadets. So thank you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We'll see you. Okay. So Tuesday night, folks. Same time, same station. 
Good night, everybody. And we'll see you on YouTube. Look for us. Allied Command Secret Space Paranormal Researchers. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. Let's see if we can't get out of here now. There we go. Let's see if I can turn us off. Find us. <laughs> <laughs>